Hi, I'm EJ Massa. Joining me today, Frankie Frank, Nia Shalesky. Yes. We're going to talk about summer blockbuster movies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go right into this. It was a terribly disappointing summer. There were big name films. Yes. Big, big things came out. Lots of, I mean, it, everybody wanted a new Ghostbusters, right? I remember in 2014, 2016 was the year to wait for. Yeah. This was the big anticipated year. This was the year that you were going to get more Turtles. At one point, you were going to get more Power Rangers, uh, but we didn't. You were getting Batman. We were you were get getting Superman. Batman versus Superman supposed to be oh, yeah. the, the, the flagship film of our lifetime. They showed the logo first. They like yes. petered out every little thing yes. until they showed the whole movie in a trailer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, DC seems to have sort of a marketing problem, which is that they, they show you the whole film for free on television. Me, personally, I wasn't excited for Batman v Superman. And I, so I saw that trailer thinking, oh, that can't be the whole movie. I put it out of my mind. I saw the movie recently, and I couldn't believe how much the whole movie was in that trailer. Oh, yeah. No, it, 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 there's not a surprise to be had. Um, Except for, like, going on a ship and making Doomsday with your own DNA. The, the things you didn't see were yeah. some of the worst things. I mean, uh, let's focus in. <laughs> On Batman versus Superman not right now. Not technically a summer movie, but like worthy of the summer yeah. summer conversation. Yeah, exactly, because it is supposed to be the flagship going up against Civil War. Yeah, so like right before Winter Soldier came out in 2014, all we really had, you know, we had a very nice Avengers film, but we had Captain America 1. Yeah. And then we knew Captain America 2 was going to come out, and at the time that was after Thor The Dark World, and we kind of oh, just yeah. thought, we just thought that each one of these standalone movies got a mediocre sequel, and then finally a group film. That's mm. what I thought back then. This was before Winter Soldier, before Guardians of the Galaxy, before Marvel started hitting home runs with standalone films, where you could be equally excited by a standalone film as you would a group movie, mm. as they started to kind of build, build the brand. But I remember they were like, you know, they had the gall. They were going to have uh, Captain America 3. We didn't know yet that it was Civil War. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't know yet how good uh, Winter Soldier was. Yeah. It was going to open on the same day as Batman v Superman. And I remember thinking, like, that'd, that'd be like opening Thor The Dark World on the same yeah, day yeah. as Batman v Superman. You might as well open it on the same day as Star Wars. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, Batman v Superman is going to be the biggest movie of that year. And for, for it to come fall flat on its face is, it, it, is kind of a shock. It's like almost the easiest thing, right? You put these two largest properties ever, and they totally whiffed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really not confusing what you have to do. But it, but it seems that Zack Snyder is the one that that you can lay a lot of the, the feet at. Well, I mean, like, you know, sure. You, you could say the studio should have maybe uh, uh, reined him in or something like that. But if you hire Zack, if you hire three hundred guy. Mm. to make your Batman, Superman movie, yeah, he's probably going to give you this. And also, like, folks, Man of Steel was a bad movie. That's Sup another movie that they gave you the whole thing in the trailer. So if you've seen the trailer, you've been yeah, there too. Yeah. I like that Superman Returns 2006 Brian Singer movie. I uh, do too. I like that better than, than Man of Steel. I, I, I'm a little bit of a Brian Singer apologist. Um, he had a movie out this summer. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. X-Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse. I, I did not see it. I loved Days of Future Past. I thought it was a great film. It, it, it One of the best X-Men films, perhaps. Yeah. Well, we, th we, we saw it, and we liked it maybe more than the average person. 
I think it already started with a leg up because it has what I think is a great cast from Days of Future Past and First Class, and it's got a good energy. I felt like it had a similar energy to those films. We had re- we revisited a few Apocalypse episodes of the animated series mm-hmm. as big fans of the animated series, yep. and it's it's like it's got a similar energy. It's yeah. um it's a bit of a ridiculous character to get behind. So if you're gonna go there, how does Oscar Isaac do as a uh... I, I like him as an actor. He's trying something there. <laughs> Everything they built will fall. Uh, more bold choices. More bold choices. He's trying to do something kind of fun, but uh, I mean, ultimately, I, I think one of the weaknesses of the character is that I don't think I've really heard many people say this before. They were just like, oh, he looks like Ivan News or whatever. Mm. I think one of the big weaknesses is that they didn't make him have a, a growing ability. I think oh, that yeah. that would have been something new that I hadn't seen in X-Men before is a guy can just become giant and start yeah. fucking squashing you. <laughs> That's um, true. They didn't do that, and they made it look like he could do that in the trailer, oh, yeah. but it turned out it was a dream sequence. It's also hard to imagine that someone so powerful needs these other mutants that he enlists mm. to help him out. If, if it came out... Um, you know, maybe three or four X-Men movies ago, I think it would have been critically acclaimed. The problem yeah. with it, the problem a lot of people had was, A, um, the continuity is getting confusing. All the time traveling stuff. Yeah, like there's Weapon X in it, and you're kind of like, well, that still happened even after the time thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like they, it's kind of a reintroduction of the Phoenix because the Phoenix is still a thing. Because we're, you're Sansa being re- Stark, right? Yeah, it's Sansa Stark, your, <laughs> your, sh- your show. Um, and, she's, and she's fine, she's Sansa Stark in it. And, and then they, they give Magneto like a whole bunch of weight. Um, they give him like a big weighty story and it's kind of like it just feels like he already got his time in the spotlight yeah, and we're yeah. just kind of doing him again. Yeah, you feel, you feel like you story. backtrack a little bit and then... But, and, and yet, it's a really, it's actually a really good Magneto story until he becomes one of the, the four horsemen. So the whole, a lot of the plot is that, uh, you know, for whatever stupid reason, Apocalypse always recruits four horsemen mm. and and he they should have been under mind control or something yeah. because for some reason, Storm is A-OK with like taking over the world with apocalypse. And then when it doesn't work out, she's like, you know, I see the folly of my ways now. I think I'd like to be an X-Men. Yeah, and it's like, (laughs) I think maybe they try to set it up by being like, she was a, you know, like like a street kid. And that, and she might not have morals. Yeah. But it's one thing to not have morals, and it's another to be like, let's let's wipe let's out wipe civilization. Out yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> there's a wonderful Quicksilver sequence, uh, similar to the one in Days of Future Past, but but much more deluxe. Yeah. Um, where the the you know, spoilers, the manor house explodes, and he's like, as it's exploding, he's he's getting people out of the house. Is it worth the price of admission for just that scene? It is. It is. <laughs> and 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 uh, look, it's 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 a Saturday morning morning experience for X-Men. If you like X-Men, it's not really a lot of reason to dislike this movie. Mm. You know, and that's another thing people don't like is that, you know, at a certain point, um, Jennifer Lawrence is kind of getting a big push as a lead. Yeah. You know, she's kind of like, Mystique is like downright the protagonist in it. At Days of Future Past, it didn't feel like they were pushing her as much. Yeah. Um, but I think she was still a big star then. I mean, you could argue that like, it's kind of cool to watch this, you know, this once henchman baddie turn into this kind of this cool X-Men protagonist. But does it feel like it's like, oh, we have Jennifer Lawrence, let's push her up? Yeah, she doesn't spend quite as much time in the makeup. Yeah. That's the other thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she's, she's, she's like, like how, fuck that makeup, I'm not wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there was that whole controversy with the Sony hacks where all of her stuff saying that she got paid less than, she was in that whole thing for American Hustle saying oh, that she yeah. got paid less, so maybe it's a little bit more trying to feature the females in this. Yeah, yeah. Although we know they had that big uh, controversy where um, a bad guy is choking a good guy in a poster and it's a problem because one's a man and one's a woman. But one's a monster, and one's a... <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes people fight in the world. 
<laughs> yeah, but EJ, they would never have a guy choking another guy. Oh uh, yeah, I think I think they would. Right. The only sexist thing I can glean from it is that it's the the purpose of the of the image is meant to make you go, oh my god, that woman's in trouble, and want her to not be in trouble anymore. Uh, maybe. And, and whereas a guy, it might be like, yeah, they're just fighting, but a girl is a damsel, I suppose. But 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 on the other hand, it's kind of going like um like let's let's help women, let's, let's save women. women. Let's Otherwise, it wouldn't be an effective image. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't really know what we're talking about at a certain point. I think that um, this might be. I could be wrong, but I think Fox might want to think about totally like being done with the Brian Singer X-Men movies now. I, I think so. I think you should like, either uh, get some fresh blood in there, get Brian Singer out of there. Um, we need something new. We need as much as I enjoyed it, it, it really they probably should have called Days of Future Past the finale. Yeah. Of that whole thing. That whole that whole nineteen year effort or whatever, however long I it's think been. It ends well, you know, you have Wolverine yeah. waking up and he's like, Oh, everything's good. The end of this movie is not the end of that story. The, yeah. It's it's actually it teases um uh, a sinister, a Mr. Sinister story. Okay. Um, and so they want to go now do Mr. Sinister with this new cast. And it's like, I think your soft reboot didn't really launch the way you wanted it to. Yeah, it's it's it was it was too it had one foot in the old Brian Singer past. Yeah. And another foot in the new Brian Singer future. It's very, at a certain point, for the, the promotional people must be driven crazy. Because they're like, I don't know how to explain to the audience anymore where, oh, we, yeah. where we are. Well, it's not as elegant as, say, Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, I do want to circle back to Batman v Sure, Superman. we obviously are avoiding it. Because, <laughs> because I think we need to talk about it. I know it's been talked about to death, but I have to decompress the, the thing. Well, you only saw it kind of recently. I saw it kind of recently, and I saw it um, we'll bring, let's bring uh, Suicide Squad into it. I saw it after after Suicide Squad, and when that's, I that's a rare that's a rare sequence. It's a rare sequence. So my perspective is, how the hell can people think that Suicide Squad is worse than Batman versus Superman? People have been saying it, and I don't I don't fucking believe it. The only thing that makes sense is because they hated Batman v Superman so much that they were like, eh, "What are you gonna show me next, you asshole?" Oh yeah, yeah. And, and then they just went in and they were like, "More of the same, that, more of this crap." That's the thing. I think if you see it the other way around and you see Suicide Squad, you're more receptive. I was receptive, and I actually had a good time. It has problems. Su I Su Suicide but. Squad makes us have to ask an important question. Can a nonsensical screenplay be a good movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's got fun characters who have a goal. Whether the goal makes sense or not, you're yeah. watching them move in a, in a direction. We all know the simple fix for Suicide Squad. It's just that it should have been a heist or it should have been uh, something low stakes, stakes yep. and it should, or it should have been something that those particular people with those particular powers actually can help with. Yeah, not, not a uh, Mummy Returns villain. <laughs> but even though yeah. the stakes were technically high because she did have so much power and it could have wiped out, you know, the Earth, they didn't feel that high because of who the characters were and because of what they cared about. And I was actually really relieved to go into a superhero movie and not feel like, oh my God, the universe is at stake this entire time. You know, it kind of was. Yeah. But, but, I, but I was okay with not feeling it that way. Having that weight and, and I mean, getting outside the characters and having everything be so huge all the time. But it would have been a, it would have been an easy fix to just be like Amanda Waller, same same setup, same everything, and just be like Amanda Waller needs you to crack into a government building, something like that. Where Get rid like, of the beam the, in the sky the, thing. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, none of that. The government the, the the government needing to do something that it can't do legally. Right. Mm. That the, the even the even the Justice League would be like we you know that's immoral. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we're doing all like spoilers in this, right? 
Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because I, I feel I, I feel like <laughs> they spoiler alert. They, they set themselves up to be kind of screwed by introducing Enchantress at all, be, yeah. because all of a sudden yeah. you've got Enchantress who by herself can do what you're talking about. Yeah. So you don't need this team. Yeah, she so can be get, anywhere at any time. So or... get rid of Enchantress and have them do what they had Enchantress do in the beginning of the film. Go and steal some secrets from another country or whatever it was yeah. going to be. But unlike Batman v Superman, it's got plenty of things to like. Yeah. Like a Will Smith performance you haven't seen in years. Yeah, I, I, I liked Will Smith. I, I heard some rumblings that Will Smith kind of steals the show and I don't necessarily agree with that. And um, I also think uh, he, did, I, he did a great job. I actually, yeah, was rooting for Will Smith <laughs> for the first time in a movie uh, in a, a while. A, a wonderful uh, Harley Quinn realization. Yeah, right. We've fun. never. It's. I mean, like, she's never been on the screen before. Right. Can you think of a better treatment necessarily, other than maybe giving her a better Joker? Which I, I, I'm going to weigh in on the Joker. I know this is like the big thing. So I, I, I think he's interesting. Um, it is clear from the way it ultimately <laughs> ultimately was edited. That there, that there is a very different cut of this whole film. Yeah. So, so I don't, know, unless, I don't know if you guys heard this, yeah. but you know those trailers that had like Ballroom Blitz and um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. They got such good reception that DC Warner Brothers actually went to the trailer house that made those trailers and said, could you please recut the whole thing? Good. They obviously made the right decision. Um, A decision they perhaps should have made with Batman v Superman. Well, the problem, yeah, no, and and they were trying to correct for Batman v Superman's overly dark, morose tone. The problem might have been, though, that now you've actually broken the vision of the original director who, from what I understand, had an abusive Joker Harley relationship, which is more true to the source material, yep, yep. but nobody wants that shit. You can see echoes of that too. Like it does it like when he he like pushes her out to save her from the, the copter, but yeah. it looks weird. You know that whole opening like 15 minutes? Uh, apparently that was supposed to actually be those are individual sequences and scenes setting mm. up. It wasn't meant necessarily to be like right. montage yeah. and and But song it may have been song. the right decision because we walked we walked away enjoying it, saying it was fun, it may have had some problems. Yeah. It yeah. may have otherwise been a big hulking dark mm. Batman versus Superman mess. But if that's all you can do with the material is is like try to fix it with band-aids later and, and make it make it mm. adequate. Um then it still speaks to a foundational problem, which is why can't with these great characters and this, why can't we seem to make a really great movie? But can they learn from this now and be like, now going forward, our strategy needs to have more fun? People are still excited about Wonder Woman. It's like an abusive relationship. They're getting fed all this stuff. Rumor has it that that's a mess of a production. So it's like, and, and, all right, so Wonder Woman in that movie Sucks, right? Like oh, Batman yeah. v Superman. Well, Batman v Superman. Hey, she's not Wonder Woman, and then she sucks. <laughs> well, for yeah. some reason, everybody's running around saying she was the thing that they liked. And I'm like, what? Fi-? They, they didn't even say the words Wonder Woman. I, and they're like, oh, you'll know who Wonder Woman is. No, they no, put, I might not. I might put be her ten. In couture yeah. dresses and had her show up at functions. And yeah, she's just woman. And, and like, I thought, you know, she had very flat uh, delivery of dialogue. Like she was struggling with the weird lines she has. Who are you? Someone interested in the same man you are. Is that right? The data you copied is military-grade encryption. There's nothing, nothing said to me, oh, that's a compelling character. And watching a CG version of her leap forward with a sword doesn't impress me either. Yeah. And, and, and playing a little electric guitar when you hint at her movie doesn't impress me either. Well, one of the biggest talking points with the movie seems to be, like, they set up the Justice League in the, in the clunkiest of ways, in the most tacked-on of ways. It, 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 it's a classic issue of a studio 
needing something to be successful so badly that they destroy it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and, right and, and they're starting so far behind from Marvel that they're just stumbling up. And we all love we all love DC here, right? I mean, yeah, we all. I uh, mean, Batman's cool. He's the best. He's uh, the best. I didn't know like uh, any Superman's of the great. Marvel people growing up. I was no. always a Batman Superman. And, uh, they're, you know, just, they're just crafting things better. But you know, Disney in general. I mean, because I would even say Marvel pre-Disney was. Like, Iron Man was kind of a fluky, awesome movie. And then they didn't do all that swell, un- yeah, yeah. Un- in my opinion, until <laughs> Avengers. So no, D- Disney might, you know, they're knocking Star Wars out of the park. They're that. knocking Marvel out of the park now. Uh, what else that Pixar? I mean, these the Disney might be the studio that, that can teach you how to do everything They might right become now. the monopoly on entertainment, yeah. where yeah. they just you, beam things into our head. Do you think DC... DC needs to get rid of the Snyderverse and move forward? Well, definitely. Do you think they can... I, I'm interested to up. see what the Ben Affleck Batman movie looks yeah, like. Yeah, okay. Because I, 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 I thought he was a good Batman, and I'm interested, and I love his movies as a director, so I'm interested to see what he's going to do. You want to know what I would do? If, if somebody said, like, here's the keys, you can, you can start from scratch, you can keep Snyder on, whatever. This is what I would do. Snyder can never touch one of these movies <laughs> ever again. He's, he's leaving, right? Um, I would, tr- you know, obviously the tr- real trick is trying to find a Kevin Feige. You know, he's sort of the, the godfather of all those uh, Marvel movies. It's sort of, you know, it, it's basically movies as television. You, you need an executive producer's voice throughout all the movies. Right. I'll keep Henry Cavill. I would keep, because uh, it's he, established he looks, now. He looks like a good Superman to me. I, I, he's in shit movies. You but. wouldn't see him for a little while. Um, I wouldn't be doing a Justice League movie for another five years, right? I, You'd I, have I, to go back to basics. Uh, the next thing you're going to see out of, out of my world <laughs> um, is a Ben Affleck versus, like, the fucking Mad Hatter. <laughs> or, like, it's not, <laughs> something real manageable. <laughs> um, directed by him. Sounds like that's a, that's a good move. Yeah. Um, maybe a couple of Ben Affleck Batman movies just to wash the palette away. Uh, and then I would take, a, I don't know anything about this Berlanti-verse, like the, the te- television flash. Yeah, the te- yeah, but what I would do is just in the interest of doing what Marvel does, which is to kind of branch and brand into these different, uh, into TV and on the internet and stuff and on Netflix, uh, that, got, that flash that everybody loves on TV, he's, he's going to become flash. the flash. And I don't care if you saw Flash for a second in Suicide Squad. It's over. It's, it's, new, it's guy, <laughs> new guy, new guy. Somebody uh, who already people can connect with. And then I would start doing team up, cool team up movies. Mm. I would do Green Arrow and uh, uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. You'd see one of those movies. You'd see a standalone Harley Quinn movie, which I hear that they're doing, um, or not a standalone Harley Mo- Quinn movie, a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy movie. Mm. That's what you'd see out of me. A good Thelma and Louise style. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some low budget style. By low budget, I mean ninety mil. No more two hundred million. Not two hundred forty thousand. I would do a bunch of universe building, stuff that people recognize and they love and they can get behind, and then boom with the Justice League. You have to show restraint, because that's what Marvel did. They showed restraint, they built the world so that it sort of makes sense when it all falls together. Yeah, I mean, there's no catching up that needs to be done. Cause, this cause, this cause notion of catching it, they up. They looked at there's each no movie. They're now not doing that. They now have their 45-year yeah. plan. But initially, it was just each movie. Like, who yeah. knew that Iron Man was going to be so successful? It's, you got to tell a good story. Like, yeah, you got to do it. You can't just be like, oh, we got to do what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Never forget that Iron Man was kind of like a low-rate property. They didn't yeah. get around to him for a long time. Yeah. And, um... Like, and nobody really cared about They Iron pulled Man. Robert Downey Jr. out of rehab yeah. and said, you're going to do this. And, and they, they, fresh they, off a kiss, kiss, bang, bang. They, <laughs> they, you know, John Favreau fought for him. John Favreau is a weird director's choice um, for, to, to direct a big Hollywood movie like that. Um, 
So all it takes for any character is one great movie and one great casting choice. Yeah. That's all you got to do. That's all you do. And, 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 yeah, this notion of, like, they're already at Avengers 3. We've got to do Justice League 1 by next year. It's like, no, you don't. You you, 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 you can do Harley Quinn movies for another yeah. five years. And This, this does almost sound like, at this point, what you're describing is a director problem. Yeah. Is that Marvel kept going to these different directors and trying different things out and having, like, one main director who, who pulling would, this stuff down. Who would ever choose James Gunn, the guy who did Slither and Super. And, and Scooby-Doo. And Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and Scooby-Doo. And Troma to do, uh, yeah. to do Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Which is our, Which, my, I mean, our, my favorite movie from yeah. the year whatever it and, came out. Yeah, 14. And Guardians of the Galaxy is like, I don't, I don't even remember anybody trying to be a hipster and saying that they were yeah. a fan. Nobody even Everybody could consider it. Everyone yeah. admitted that they didn't know what this property was. Marvel wiped their ass with the pages of those books because yeah. those books weren't worth anything. Yeah. And now you walk into any comic book store and what do you see? You see Rocket and Groot oh, yeah. and a whole bunch of new Guardians of the Galaxy. You see Baby Groots doing that fucking dance. <laughs> you, can, uh, you sing to it, you sing to it and it does it and it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, all it takes nobody is... Nobody buys them, but they're all sitting there and we see them. All it takes is vision, which is, you know, an understatement, obviously. It takes a lot to be a James Gunn, but but they took chances with their weird directors. And to go, and I always thought the worst thing in the world was like, Zack Snyder for Superman, Batman, Superman and Batman, Justice League 1, Justice League 2, is like, so one guy to direct everything. Yeah, he never successfully did anything with the series. Like, never did it. So you, you, you have to bring in somebody new. Like, An interesting director is almost just an old trend of this. I mean, I mean, going back to, like, Tim Burton. Like, we're taking the guy from Pee Wee, and mm. we're making him do Batman. Like, That's true. Like, yeah. like, say which one about those. Everybody went over to, like, the Chris Nolan Batman, which is totally fine. But those other Batmans, even if they weren't whatever we wanted them to be, were amazing, massive and successes. they did great at the time, and they were massive successes. But Christopher and they, Nolan is a weird choice. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Christopher Nolan is it like he had Memento, he had Insomnia, and he had that's it. Yeah, and, and then he, they had him do Batman Begins. Yeah, and he did a good story yeah. that has Batman in it. That's that's what he did. He wanted to story, tell a story. What they what they want is, I mean, if 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 history shows us anything, it's that breakout indie successes. Beetlejuice is kind of like a breakout indie success, mm. in, in, you know, to some degree. Like those breakout indie successes make for great directors and interesting directors. And they and, they they try to repeat that sometimes with varying success. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes well, Zack Snyder's not. He he. You get what you get. Well, the fan four stick is a really good example of like they gave it to the guy who did Chronicle. Like that's a breakout indie success. Yeah, yeah. And the guy like, just couldn't deal with a Hollywood movie. No, like yeah, he just he did, couldn't do it. Studio. And you know, Fox also is notoriously. Uh, and that could be uh, for DC or Warner Brothers. That could be cautionary tale. Cautionary tale. Yeah, but but maybe that's why you don't base your whole universe on this plan. Maybe that's why you give them a movie and see yeah, what happens. That's true. I think that's correct. It's called validation testing. <laughs> you don't need to to jump into the deep end of the pool. Mm. Where there's lava, and then there's doing it right. There's doing it right. There's uh, Civil War, which you you gave me a list of movies to watch before watching. <laughs> oh yeah, and, I, and uh, because I was like, you know, I don't watch these Marvel movies. <laughs> should I be? And you, because you were raving about uh, Civil War, so I was like, what should I watch before that? And you you gave me a list. I think it was. Ant-Man, um, yeah. Age of Ultron, uh, uh, oh, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, that probably yeah. was it. That was probably it. And I, so I watched those three. I, I enjoyed them all to varying degrees. Winter Soldier's I, pretty good. Winter Soldier, I would say, is the best Marvel film yeah. yet. Yeah, 
I would say it it's is. It's really strong. And, and maybe... Guard, was... Guardians is mine. Oh, but... yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, they're, it's they're, easy to they're, forget. They're, they're tied. They're yeah, tied. Yeah. Um, and they came out, like, months apart. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that was their big 2014, yeah. Um, so I, I saw those three movies. I did like Ant-Man, but it felt like Small. an Edgar Wright film with not Edgar Wright as the director. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really hard to get beyond, like... We all know Edgar Wright is this massive talent, and it's really hard to get beyond them choosing to go away from him. But given, given their goals, it, maybe it made sense. But I did like it. I liked uh, Paul Rudd, and I liked Paul Rudd's role in Civil War. And as much as like I want to kind of complain, like, oh, I have to do homework before watching these movies, I did enjoy it a little more because I watched those movies. Well, sure, because it, it, in the same way that, that a series or a season finale of a show is a, is a more satisfying thing than the ending of a 90-minute movie sometimes. Yeah. And, and just for that airport sequence, oh, watch, yeah. watching Ant-Man was worth it. To understand the Paul Rudd character yeah. and how out of place he was going to be yeah, and what he, he was going to do. He was, he was out of place in the movie. He was like, yeah, we, we picked up this guy and he's going to fight with us. Yeah. I mean, my, my, shtick, my shtickle on Civil War is that it mastered... Because an easy criticism of Civil War would be all this is is just watching a bunch of guys in tights fighting. Like, you're just trying to get them fighting because that's funny, you know, because it's the age-old comic book store argument of who would win in a fight, Batman or Superman, which is the other movie. But <laughs> uh, what, what Civil War did so successfully was the micro scene, right? So if you have dozens of characters all in their different costumes with their own motivations, how do you balance that? Mm. Especially across a two-hour and 15-minute movie. It's not even tastelessly long, that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what those guys did, those Russo brothers, who, by the way, you realize that they're, they're only film is a couple of episodes of Community and uh, You, Me, and Dupree. And you, you hand them the keys to basically the biggest... Winter Soldier was their big thing. And that, now they're going to... Now they did Civil War. I think they're they're two-time proven. Yeah. And then they're going to do doing, Infinity uh, War. Infinity War. Uh, now that Joss Whedon has been, like, SJW'd off the planet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's... It, it, and that's that's good. It, it, it's the anti-Snyder. He, mm-hmm. he had his movies... And he flew away into space with yes, Gucci. Yeah. I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> That's a smart idea. They're, they're learning from their audiences. Both yeah. Civil War and Batman versus Superman wanted to clear up the whole Superman problem of killing too many people. So we clear out an airport. We've evacuated the airport. We're going to have our fight here. Yeah. For the doomsday one, oh good, they're on an uninhabited island. We yeah. made sure there were lines in there that no one was getting hurt in these things. Man of Steel is obviously the quintessential movie for like we destroyed way too much blockage. Um, but my issue was never like, that's not very heroic. They, Superman, it, it, yeah. it, my issue is that the spectacle at some point grows too large. For and, you to and, even comprehend and, the and, and, and the narrative bubble pops. Yeah. And you start going, aren't there people around or something? Yeah. You, know, you start, you start one, you, you start wondering about reality, and then, and I know that's not the point of a superhero movie, but but it actually kind of is because in order to to be invested in the characters, you're supposed to set up a fictional world that you can believe in to some degree. That's why a comic book is compelling. Which is then what Marvel um, went and did is the whole thing with Civil War is the fallout and the consequences yes, of what yes. happened in these other so, events. So, so what those guys can do that nobody else seems all that capable of is, uh, like, for instance, Wonder Woman. She was not set up. She's no. just in the movie. These guys go, this is Black Panther. This is his father. They have a relationship. Oh, my God, he's dead. He's pissed, and he's out for revenge. Believe the motivation. And we can do it in two minutes and 45 seconds of time. Lex Luthor, tell me his motivation. Yeah. <laughs> tell me his motivation. <laughs> well, Lex Luthor is probably, if, if, if there was a fan of Batman v Superman, I bet that that fan would say, yeah, but Lex Luthor didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> 
What about the extended fucking cut? Did that clear anything up? I don't even know. I didn't watch it. And can we talk about extended cuts for two seconds? Because there's this thing that every time a DC movie comes out, it's like, oh, maybe they should just fix it with the extended cut. That's never an ex- a solution to me. Extended cuts were things before movies were three and four hours long every time. Yeah. That was back when you got an hour and a half and you'd be interested in the two hour, two and a half hour cut. I can't watch a four hour cut of a movie now. And, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just me. It's like, I think there's been like one time an extended cut ever fixed the movie and maybe that was a uh, Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, because normally the problem that these movies have is not there was a missing scene or a missing piece of information. If the characters were yeah, weak and the writing a, was weird. and As Adam Carolla would say, you have your, yeah, you, know, you put up the sheetrock and you're not able to get the, it's a foundational problem. If the studs aren't aligned and the studs are misplaced, then you've got to go over the whole thing with spackle. Adam Carolla always makes like, <laughs> he always makes like house fixing analogies. <laughs> and then he overdoes the analogy to prove to you that he knows how to fix a house. <laughs> you know, like we get it, foundational problem. And you know, Batman v Superman, people are like, oh, well, some of the, Things make more sense if you if you look at the extended cut. And I, I read a wiki because I didn't feel like f- watching a three-hour runtime. And um, and it, it, it makes certain things make sense, but it still doesn't make yeah. clear why Lex Luthor is doing anything. <laughs> yeah, they they try to do a little motivation with the father thing. It doesn't work out because it doesn't make sense. Like if I'm a person, I'm not gonna be like, I hate God. Oh, Superman looks like God. That doesn't. I can't relate to that. I can relate to Black Panther, though. And they have, there was some kind of ritual about who gets to take up the, the, the mantle of Black Panther. Yeah. And when he dies, he takes up the mantle. He takes that very seriously. It's all very quick. But that kind of helps, the fact that it's this tribal thing. And they did it very nicely, I thought. I have a question. Do you think with all of the father setup that they did in uh, Batman v Superman with Lex, is this just an opportunity for them to be like, go away, Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> The, the next, the, the next Lex Luthor is going to be the dad that we've been talking about that we did yeah. not intend to use, let's but that's. Just, let's <laughs> just bring uh, Kevin Spacey back in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just bring him this wheel back in. Okay. He can be. Uh, yeah, they're Lex like Luthor. he did great with House of Cards. Everyone loves him still. For those of us climbing to the top of the food chain, there can be no mercy. Why can't they just do the obvious thing that you do with Lex Luthor? Like that no movie, not from Gene Hackman to Kevin Spacey to Jesse Eisenberg. Like he's supposed to be a big genius physical specimen that he's supposed to be as close to Superman as you can get if you're mortal. And then Superman pisses him off because he's got an ego. That's the point of the character. It's such an obvious, like, that's... And then if you set that up, it does take 45 seconds to set up the the motivation. It's clear. It's like, I'm a genius, and I can bench 500 pounds. And and, and I used to run this town with my money and and my physical mind. Yeah. And now you come in and fly around. Yeah. And then that makes that makes his relationship to Batman interesting because Batman's essentially the same person. Yeah. Uh, just good. Yeah. And um, you know, and, and Superman always finds himself getting duped because he's kind of a little bit of a meathead. Yeah. <laughs> I think naive is the nice way to well, play. If you had the ability to like punch like a whole forest out, <laughs> you, you you probably would use that all the time. Like if you were if you were a hammer, every problem would be a nail sort of exactly. thing. But back to Civil War. So they, they really nailed that stuff out and they and what was something that I thought was really impressive was they somehow didn't lose the fact that it was a Captain America movie, that he was still the main character in the center of it all. They could they could have just had him be the sort of vessel, the vehicle, and mm. but and, no, he really is. And he's basically the one. making another Avengers movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he is the he is the structure and he is the glue. And he, I mean, Winter Soldier was great, and this was this was a great uh, follow up to that. And in my opinion, that makes it better than any Avengers movie ever can be, because because you're always better off. I I mean, uh, there can be great ensemble films, but you're always better off with a film that has a central protagonist with a central motivation. Yeah. 
You can tell a better story that way. I, there are some criticisms like that, that, like enough of this Bucky bullshit, let's move on. Bucky worked for me. Buck, but I agree, I agree that, 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 that gave him everything that he needed to do, and, yeah. and Bucky continues to be kind of like, I like that they that we're not just disposing of Bucky after Winter Soldier. Yeah. You, um, and 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 you know what you know what else is kind of interesting is it wouldn't quite work, but you could theoretically watch Captain America one, two, and three, and you could watch a lot of narrative arcs. Yeah. Like it does it does continue to be its own sub franchise. Yeah. Um, you know you wouldn't know who this Iron Man guy was. Yeah. But, yeah. The Iron Man. <laughs> but, All right, let's throw Spider Man in and jump around. <laughs> so, I I thought Spider. So let's talk about Spider Man. I thought Spider Man's treatment was great in terms yes. of Spider Man, but. I think Spider-Man weakened the movie. I do too. I think I think, like, I think they here. they it, it, that's when I thought, oh, they're really excited about their new toy, and like they wanted to put that in right away. It, it did feel it, a little bit this, like a Happy this. Meal commercial, and here's what you're getting in the interviews and stuff. Be like, we really knew that we had to get the rights to him because we just could not tell the story without him. That's bullshit. Complete bullshit. You know, of those people, it was closer that you couldn't tell it without Ant-Man. Like, Ant-Man was more central to that yeah. fight yeah, than he was. Spider-Man he was. was. Do, do we all delight in seeing Tony Stark talk to a young Peter Parker? Of course, it's a great scene. It's a great scene. It's a, great really, it's a scene. really well-handled scene, but just pluck it right out, and yeah. you don't lose a thing. You could, yeah, you could make it a, a YouTube exclusive. And, <laughs> and, and Robert Downey Jr., as Tony Stark, can talk to any young kid, and it's a yeah. great scene. Oh. Whatever he's going to impart to any character, no matter who it is, is going to be great. And it, 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 a lot of people are, uh, there's that, the, the teaser of Justice League, they released at Comic-Con, that has... Bruce Wayne talking to a young uh, Flash, um, and they're saying that they're kind of like copying the the Peter Parker Iron mm-hmm. Man thing, which is a little cynical, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just sort of a, to, if if Batman's recruiting the Justice League, he has to talk to them all at some point. Yeah, um, and that's just kind of what those two characters would end up doing. But you see, I believe enemies are coming. Stop right there. I'm in. Um, anything else about Civil War that we really liked? I mean, I thought the the action for the most part was well handled. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like some of the the they did some of that gladiator. Um, uh, short frame rate stuff for the action yeah. that, that, that I did I wasn't in love with. Yeah, the, the action sometimes is hard to follow, and and I do think it's a weaker movie than Winter Soldier. I like, don't think we're ever going to get anything good out of Black Widow. I'm glad we're just replacing her with Scarlet Witch because <laughs> Black Widow has never given us anything as a good female character. Yeah, well, I did like that she I like that she gets to move around from movie to movie uh, in in a like. She she's a good constant string, and she's good for representing Shield at yeah. all times and, and Shield's and she, interests. Yeah, she's not strong enough to be in her own movie. And Texas, I don't think she. I don't think as a character she's strong. Enough. It's all about uh, Texas. <laughs> Age of Ultron was. Uh, it was definitely the worst of the movies that I saw recently. Yeah. Um, it, it, it crumbles under its own weight. Like Sokovia. Like Sokovia. Like, Disposing of Ultron in the same movie you created him is another example to me of something I don't really care for. I, I, I like stakes bringing you into the next movie. I mean, you do need to close some loops in the same film, yeah. but um, but, but, but I just want to say about Black Widow, I think her strongest movie is Winter Soldier. Cool. And I think her, her best folly is with is with Cap. Um, yeah. And I really don't know why she's in a relationship with the Hulk. I don't either. That, that seems very shoehorned in. And I, the, the, one, the one thing yeah, I'll... That was shoehorned in and her showing up in Iron Man 2. Like, we just got oh. clear, That was where she was introduced. We got to clear those yeah. from the palette. Those are weird-ass things that they did with her. But a good example of how you can have kind of a non-black... Her hair changes a lot. A lot, yes. Depending <laughs> on how good she is. Um, Black Widow being kind of a non-blank character in Iron Man 2 and then eventually somebody else doing something good with her is an example of how, you know, you might be able to weather the storm of bad movies. You don't have to throw yeah. the baby out. Uh, yeah, right, right. Exactly. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater or else. Change your hair and give her to another director. Have a critically, wet, critically injured baby. You know, before we go, let's just bring up movies that aren't blockbusters, 
Um, we'll each do one. Sure. Um, that have, you enjoyed in the past nine months. <laughs> Nina and I have a couple horror movies we saw. Oh, yeah. Especially with Halloween approaching. Ooh. Some nice surprises. We have Green Room, starring Patrick Stewart oh. um, as, as a white supremacist Nazi. It, wow. Um, yeah. And, and it, the, the, the film is, is a really horrifying, well done, um, uh, it's, it's got a great texture to it, if, if I can't, don't sound too pretentious. Um, it's about a, it's starring the late, um, I, I forget the, the actor's name, the guy who he recently, he played um, the, <laughs> the Russian in Star Trek. Um, uh, Yelchin, uh, Yel- Anton, Yel- Anton Yelchin, yeah. So, so this was, I think, one of his last films besides Star Trek Beyond. And um, he's great in it. But he he's the singer, or he's one of the leads in a band, in an indie band, and they're just looking for any you know they're they're they live in a van, they're they they're kind of all they all drink all the time and party all the time. They're just looking for gigs, mm-hmm. and they land a gig at a what, what turns out to be they don't quite realize it going in, um, a, a a a Nazi den, a white supremacy. They, they they do understand that that's what it is, but they think they're hardcore and it's fine, and they don't expect it to be as intense as it is. They witness a murder behind stage that they shouldn't have seen. That that causes them to get locked in a room. They, they're reassured that they won't be killed, but they're going to try to wait out the cops showing up. But in reality, these guys obviously know that why would Nazis hesitate to kill us? Uh, and it becomes this, this war of how do I get out of this room um, with my life? It does sound terrifying. And Patrick Stewart shows up around that point in the movie <laughs> to, 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 to manage the situation. And it's, it's just a, it's a fantastic horror film. But, but it's nasty. So yeah. if you don't like nastiness um, oh, no. in, oh, your, no. in your horror movie, you don't like, if you don't oh. like seeing... Um, limbs be seriously broken, oh um, that kind of stuff, <laughs> uh, then don't, don't watch it. And it's directed by a really talented horror director whose name escapes me at the moment, but uh, but, every, but, everybody's but it's yelling not, at it's me. not it's, just like a body horror saw gore fest. Psychological. Like, like mm-hmm. it, it really is very psychological, and then the moments of horror are just heightened that much more. Like even if you can yeah. normally stand something kind of gory, because of how terrified you are and because of how hopeful you are for them, it's just painful when it happens. Well, that... Is that sounds like the kind of horror movie that is horrifying to me because it just sounds real. Like, yeah. it sounds like a real threat. Like, who... I mean, like, I'm not afraid of ghost movies. Ghost movies, you know, they can maybe have a jump, jump scare here and there, but that's, that's a movie that sounds like it would terrify me because it sounds, seems like something that would... Uh, be feasible at least. Yeah, you're in a serious criminal situation. <laughs> uh, it, it, your life means nothing to these people. Exactly. Yeah, that's terrifying. And and the other horror movie that Frankie brought up is similar in the same way. And when you say texture, it made me think of this as well. Is Don't Breathe, which we just saw, which is out now, um, or when we did this review. And it's another thing that feels really real. So it's set in Detroit, like a decaying neighborhood where most of the houses are abandoned and everyone's leaving, and the economy is terrible. And it's three um, young adults who go around and commit burglaries and steal things. And that's, that's how they're kind of eking out their existence. Two males and a female, and two of them want to leave. They're in a relationship, and they want to kind of make one big final score and then leave town. They don't want to be in Detroit anymore. And they decide that this score is going to be in a blind man's home because he had gotten a settlement from the death of his daughter and... No one's around in this neighborhood, and it's a blind guy. This is going to be a really easy score. They're going to get in. They're going to get out. No one's going to get hurt. They're violating their major rule of we don't steal cash yeah. because that's too high of a, of, of yeah. a, of a crime, of a, but it's worth it for the money. But it's worth yeah. it for the money on this one. It turns out he's a veteran, and he's way more equipped to deal with this than they thought, and oh he can defend his home. And, and he locks those bitches in his house. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and now it is them trying to get out with their lives, and finding out all of these 
you know, horrible things that he has done and them not being able to navigate his house as well as he can, obviously. There's a wonderfully inventive scene in the center of the movie where he cuts power and now they're as blind as he is. And so how do you, but we want to see what's going on as, mm -hmm. as the audience members. So they decided to just turn the exposure unrealistically high. Yeah. So you can see them in just kind of a pale whiteness. Yeah. And, but their pupils are dilated the way it would be if you were in pitch black. Uh, and so they're reaching around, trying to be as silent as possible. touching him at any moment. And, and, <laughs> and there are scenes where they're walking right towards him and he's just standing there waiting for them to mess up. It's like that scene in uh, Sounds of the Lambs where she's yeah, it's, like, it's a lot like that. Like yeah. fumbling around, he has the night vision goggles, which is the most terrifying scene. Yeah, yeah. And, and both of the movies, now that we talk about it, both Green Room and, um, and Don't Breathe, have horrifying, like, dog things in them, which is another thing that, mm. like, in real life, you see a scary dog and you freeze a little bit and you're afraid of it. You're afraid of Rottweilers and... It probably won't eat you alive the way they do yeah. in these movies. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, but, but it's a scary yeah, thing to yeah. be up against and to be... The, these, to these little real-life things that, in that moment, they do a good job of putting you in that place, that this would scare you. And it doesn't have to be a nuclear bomb or... Mm you know, a super villain. There's yeah. a little... And don't, br don't Breathe opened number one of the box office. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they'll probably have some, some terrible sequels soon. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> yeah, Don't Breathe Again. We'll, we'll milk that cow. That's enough breathing now. <laughs> and um, what did you see, EJ? Well, I mean, it's probably something that you guys saw. 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yeah, it's great. Uh, that yeah, was another horror movie. Another horror movie. I, I think these are the ones that can surprise you. These are the ones that you don't hear a lot about coming out, and you can go into it a little bit fresh. Yeah, and I, I didn't hear anything about it. So when I saw it, it amazed me. Because one, John Goodman is awesome. and what An American treasure. An American America's treasure. dad. Yeah, America's dad. Yeah, they're pulling him back out all of a sudden, and it's great to see him. It's good to see him, and I, I love the way he plays crazy in this film, because it's not like the, ah, I'm crazy. It's a realistic crazy. Like, it, it, I've met these people. He he, well, he believes you work that, in tech. You've met these people. Yes, <laughs> I work with these people. Yeah, he, he, uh, he, he believes everything he's saying. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe, you know, he's not lying. Yeah. Never and, and, and you have to question whether you should believe him or not, because he's not saying anything outrageous. He's just yeah. saying things that are tweaked. And you know they're not right, but you can't prove they're wrong. So, so yeah, the, just uh, to summarize, a uh, woman gets hit by a car while she's driving. She gets pulled into this bunker. This guy, John Goodman, tells her that uh, basically uh, the world was ending. I pulled you. I saved you. you know, and she's stuck in with another guy who also says a similar story. Oh, the world was ending. Uh, we saved you, or he saved you. Um, and she has to figure out, one, if any of this is true, and whether or not this guy is a murderer. <laughs> and um, because he he's, he's acts like an antisocial... Right. Uh, survivalist. Survivalist. Who is the type of guy who would have this? It's the only guy you can rely on in this situation. This, so you don't know if he fabricated this situation, and um, and there's a lot of questioning, so... It's it's very suspenseful. You don't know what he's going to do. He's unpredictable. Great cast too. Great the, cast. The, the supporting cast uh, around John Goodman. It's a, uh, the chick from Scott Pilgrim, and then uh, that other yeah. guy I see everywhere. Weinstead, Mary Weinstead. Yeah, something. yeah. I don't know. They're they're really good. They are really good. It's a one location movie, yeah. but it's still very tense um, and lots of shot variety in that one location. Yeah. All, all three of these films are those claustrophobic. Yeah, movies. yeah. It's like, I think I think we we've come upon a theme. That we we've like. come to the things that really scare well, us. You know, it's uh, 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 limitations being the mother of invention, sort of a thing, where it's like, uh, you know what, just and and even uh, some of our favorite superhero movies seem to be the ones where you're limited to just a small set of characters. Yep. Even though we blew Civil War 
um, but that was because it, it managed to do it in a balanced way that was, it's almost mm. undoable. Uh, and I love I love that they've decided to, so Cloverfield the, was a monster movie that came yeah. out, it was a found footage monster movie that came out in 08, I wanna say. And now, uh, eight years later, they've decided to make an anthology sequel that's lower stakes. Yeah. But, but, but um, it's not even really a sequel. They're like, yeah, it's kind of a sister film, and yeah, you, you don't even cousin. know that it's the same monsters, and it may not be. And actually, I think that was the weakest part, is J.J. putting his little fingerprint at the it, end. It almost seems like, I, I think, right. rumor has it, or I thought I heard this, that it was either originally scripted to be a standalone film, or it was originally... I, I, I heard that it was originally it scripted was originally to be completely standalone. And they said, and, well, and why don't we make it a Cloverfield yeah. anthology film? Yeah. And the he and JJ ordered some reshoots. Yeah, and yeah, because because they were like, it kind of sounds like what happened in Cloverfield. Maybe that could yeah. somehow be related. And, and that 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 part doesn't really work that well for me. But it's such a it's such a strong movie on its own. Mm-hmm. That... But if it inspires more differently genreed films that took place on the same day, I think that's really creative and interesting. I, I think it's a, different genres. I like that. Or it's like a more of a, like a Twilight Zoney thing where you can explore yeah different themes. Yeah. I, I think it's so. I think that's really. And how, how about the fact that the marketing was anti-marketing? Like, is this a new thing where it's like, if you try to set up the fact that a big movie is coming out for a year, people become tired of it? Oh yeah. You know, and instead, just like tell them a month before it comes out, and then yeah, and know. they drop it in theaters. And that, that was actually probably the most amazing thing where it came out of nowhere because I, I did enjoy the original Cloverfield. I so, did too. Um, we, so we, when, we both liked it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. when they. All of a sudden, a month before it opens, yeah, it opens. It they just drop the trailer. That that's exciting for me personally. I remember it was getting passed around, being like, "Did anyone know about this?" As if we were excited for a Cloverfield sequel, anyway. Yeah, and where uh, the opposite of this is Batman versus Superman, where they tease the logo, trailer one, two, three, four, five, six, for, seven for three years. <laughs> for three years. So I appreciate the change of pace. Um, that's all for this part. We're gonna do another part, part two. We're gonna talk more about things. Oh, about yeah. the other things that we saw this summer. That's right. So that's good. We, can we do that? <laughs>